0: You can also check us out online by going to ouravenuechurch.com. We really pray that something in this message inspires and equips you to experience the way of life you were created to live in Christ. Enjoy. We're going to wrap up our series today, God is with us, two passages we've read every week, Matthew chapter one, verses 22 and 23. Um, you guys are going to have it memorized by the time we're done with this series, but we're looking at Emmanuel, God with us. And uh, the angel says to Mary, all of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet in Matthew chapter one. and says, Um, Look, the virgin will conceive a child, and she will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with, God is with us. God is with us, that God is with us. Us. And jump to John chapter one. Um, John's gospel says it this way. And we know that in the beginning of that chapter, it says in the beginning was the word, the word was with God and the word was God. But then in verse 14, it says, the word became human or became flesh and made his home among what? Us, made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. God is with us. He made his home among us. And for those of us in here who have kids um, or have had kids or you're having kids, it's like every week I'm finding out we're expecting another baby in the next six months. And so I'm serious, guys. You gotta slow it down. All right, we gotta get that new le- I'm so excited. But one of the things that those of us who are parents Um, and those of you who are new parents, you're going to find out as your kids get older and they can climb out of their, out of their baby bed, they can get out of there no matter how you lock it down. Right. They just find a way. I don't know if they morph and just go through the bars or what, maybe just lock it with a cage. They still more, but they will find their way into your room and you will wake up in the middle of the night with a tiny face breathing over yours. And they will say, mom, dad, I had a bad dream. Can I get in the bed with you? Anybody experienced that, right? Oh, come on, come on. Or, or they don't wake you up and they just sneak in and you feel like a giant cat just like crawling all over you. And then you wake up with a foot like right here and an elbow to the nose. And so you're like, honey, look, let's just go back to bed. So, so we take them out of bed. And we take them back upstairs to their room and we tuck them back in. We lock them back down, you know, uh, put the straitjacket jacket back on them so they can't move. And we say, listen, mom and dad love you. We're always here. Jesus loves you. God is always with you. We have nothing to be afraid. And so we pray with them, right? And we bring the peace of God into that room and we kiss him on the forehead and we go back downstairs And we just fall back asleep, and we hear the patter of little feet coming back into our room. And they're saying, Mom, Dad, can I get back in the bed with you? And I read a story, and maybe you've experienced this, that a family was doing it, and the daughter walked in the room, and the parents reminded them and said, Go back to bed, honey. You know, God loves you. He's always with you. And the little girl's response was, yeah, but right now I need love with skin on it. Let me get back in the bed with you. And that's really what we're celebrating this season is love put some skin on and came and entered our world, right? And so I think about, I think about this is that sometimes you and I, we just need love with skin on it. We talk about God being with us and never being left alone. Last week we talked about there's there's a difference between being lonely and being alone and just kind of thinking about this concept of being in community and, and, and God being with us and that Jesus came and put skin on his love to be with us. Um, and we know that loneliness is not just the pain of being alone because sometimes there is... Joy in being alone, right amen, like can I just get alone for five minutes just but but loneliness is actually the pain of not being fully known and loved, right? We discussed that last week and and I encourage you guys God is God knows you, He knows exactly how you feel, and he cares he's involved in your life he's always with you, but I got to thinking about this it's like I think sometimes we miss out on God being with us, because we're missing out on really being with someone else to make us an us. It says that that he made his home with us, that he is with, say it with me, us. us. And that sometimes we think we can just, that God is with us just by myself. And he is, but I think there's something special that happens when we understand that God is with us, that God is with you. God is with me when we are with us. Does that make sense? Is that if, if the spirit of God is in me and the spirit of God is in you, when we come together, God is with me because you are with me. God is, is with you because I'm with you because we both have the spirit of, of God in us. And I think we are gravely underestimating the power of us. Dr. Henry Cloud wrote a book several years ago. It's called The Power of the Other and and, and how the other people in our lives affect us both in good ways and negative ways. But I think as, as much as our culture is changing, we are underestimating the power of us. And if you look in culture... And you look in your life and you look in your relationships, we we are losing shared experiences that are the doorway and the entryway to deeper relationships. Would you agree? Um, it's like, if you think back, to back in the day, when even when you were listening to music, back when they sold records, you had to go to the record store and you listened to the records and you talked about the records in the store. And then they came out with these great things called cassettes. And immediately following the cassette was this incredible piece of technology called the Walkman that you could put your cassette in with your ear. Like, they weren't earbuds. What were they? Headphones, they were headphones, they were headphones, and they had this, this soft little foamy, fuzzy thing on it, you know, just made your ear feel just nice and warm and cozy. And, and what's happening, I couldn't afford like full-length cassettes, so I bought a bunch of singles anybody with me? It had the same song on there like four times, two on one side, two on the other. Um, but, but what's happening is, in one sense, we are protecting the people around us from our bad taste in music, By just putting in our ears, but we are losing that shared experience of even listening to music together. And this this cultural sociologist um, who studies generations has pointed out all these small ways, even within culture, that we are losing these shared experiences. And it used to be that the only way that you watched a show is you had to go to a movie theater or drive-in, and everyone was watching the same giant screen and the same show, right? Then we move the screens from the drive-in and the movie theater into the home, and you have smaller groups of us watching a screen, but it was back in the day when you only had three, five, and seven, right? Um, you didn't have cable, and you had to turn the antenna just to get the picture right, and so you, you're you all watching the same show in the room, but there's not that many choices, and so even the people you work with, you're all watching the Days of Our Lives together, right? Even though you're in different places, like Dallas, you're all watching the that, like my millennials, younger millennials, like, what are you talking about? Saved by the bell? Anybody? You're all watching that together and, 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 and you go to school and you talk about it, right? But what's happened even over time in culture is our screens are getting smaller and smaller and more personal and more personal, and we're having less shared experiences. We're just watching it by ourselves. And I know that's just one thing within culture that you think is an advance in one way, but it's also closing the door on these shared experiences. And and do we have any DIYers in the room? Like you like to fix stuff, you like to work on stuff and and figure out, craft stuff, right? Um, Back in the day, you had to call someone. If you needed to learn how to change your alternator, change a tire, mix paint, you called your dad, your uncle, your neighbor, and they came over and there was an us Working on it together, and it was a shared experience. Now, if we need to know how to do something, who do we call? YouTube, right? I've changed. Man, you guys were just like, that was crazy. You were all in sync because you knew exactly YouTube it or Pinterest is creeping up, right? It's like we figure out how to do it without having an us, and those missing out of shared experiences is slowly, slowly closing the door on these shallow entry points into relationships and we wonder why we don't have deeper relationships. And so we're losing this us. And I want us as a church to ensure that we experience God when we're alone in solitude, but I think there's even something greater that happens when we experience God with an us because God is with us He made his home with us. And we read in Romans chapter 12, verses four and five, it says, just as our bodies have many parts, each part has a special function. So it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of what? Of how many? Many parts of what? One body. And look at this. We we all belong to each other. We all belong to each other. This section is connected to this section because we belong to each other through the body of Christ. Second service, you guys belong to the first service because we belong to the body of Christ and vice versa. We all belong to each other. There is, there is something greater that, that unites us than what divides us. And Jonathan, one of our worship coordinators, has been sharing with the worship team over the last several weeks that, that we need to find ways, and I love this thought, we need to find ways to hide ourselves in the body. And that when we are alone and feeling lonely, a lot of the reasons like that happens, like I said last week, is, is we, are, we are hiding our sins, we are hiding our insecurities from other people, and we think we're just hiding those things away, but what we're doing is we're actually hiding ourselves away. And we're called not to hide away, but to hide in the body because we are all a part of the same body and that's why one of our one of our values here at Avenue Church is we grow stronger in community we grow stronger in community and the story we get this from is from acts chapter 14 and you know we'll share this always so that you get it so that you know it so that you become it Paul is preaching in the city and they drag him out. They don't like what he's saying. They drag him out and they beat him and they stone him and they leave him for dead and he's just laying there. And then it says that a group of believers come and, and surround him and he gets up and goes back into the city and continues his ministry. And so many times in our life, like work and family and you know, can just drag us out of the city, beat us and stone us and leave us for dead. And we need an us- to come around us, you and I, to be love with skin on it so that we can get up and go back to where God's called us to go. Ecclesiastes chapter four, it's a familiar verse. um, Four, nine through 12. Two are better than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out to help, but someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. But two, stand, two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better for a triple braided cord is not easily what? Broken. A triple braided cord is not easily broken. And when you think about that, that is, that is a relationship between you and someone else with Christ in the middle. That is you and someone else like like relationships are strong. But I believe Christian, faith-filled, faith-based relationships are even stronger. And we need the other in our life to help us overcome these feelings of loneliness. Because I want us to believe God's with us, God's for us. He knows how we feel and he cares. But I also want us to know that we have a community that we need to grow stronger in. Living in community does three things. Living in community refines us. Us. And I put this one first because we don't like to talk about this. We don't like to talk about being refined. And by refined, I mean corrected, directed, instructed, all those rhyming words that help make us a better person, a better follower of Jesus. Proverbs, the verse in Proverbs says that, that as iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens another. And if you know anything about when you strike iron together, what happens to it? Sparks, right? It sparks. And, and, and there's, there's a weight to it. You know, back in the day when I played, you know, Little League baseball, and you would, you would when the coaches weren't watching, we would sword fight with the bats, with the Easton bats, right? And, and if you hit the two bats in the right or actually the wrong spot hard enough you got these bee stings in your hand that went all the way up into your shoulder, right? You know what I'm saying? And, and that is what a community that refines us is painful sometimes. Now, sword fighting with Eastern bats, that's not making me better, right? Or it's causing me to swing harder, maybe, no. But when we're in conflict... And refining with another believer that cares for us, we're being made stronger. Paul even says this in Galatians. He says, if someone sins, correct them and then restore them gently. James says to confess your sins one to another and be healed. We need an us through the presence of God to come around us and refine us. And you may not know this, but in in Galatians, Paul, who wrote the majority of the New Testament, was doing some ministry with Peter, who was one of Jesus's apostles upon this rock, right? That's, that's that Peter. That in a season, Peter was living like the Gentiles and eating with the Gentiles and they were doing ministry with the Gentiles. But then some Jewish believers come along and Peter completely shifts how he'd been acting and what he'd been doing and comes over and snuggles up to the Jewish believers because he was... Jewish. He flips. And it says that Paul says, I opposed Peter to his face. Think about this. Paul is one of the new, like he's the newest apostle and he's correcting the OG Peter to his face in front of everybody. We need people that can get in our business sometimes to refine us, to step into our world. But we also need the refining, but then we need a community living in a community also refreshes us. Paul says, rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. He says that in Romans and Galatians. He says, bear one another's burdens. That is, we recognize the burdens each of us carry because we all carry things that that nobody knows about, but we wish, we, we wish they did, right? We wish people would understand what we're walking through, but we're afraid to say it. And, and the quote goes, you know, be careful how you treat people because you never know the battle that they're facing. We're all we're all fighting a battle, but he says, bear one another's burdens. And as you do this, you're fulfilling the law of Christ. And then in second Corinthians, he says, we are comforted in our troubles so we can comfort others. We need people in our lives, guys, that can encourage us. We need people in our lives that can be loved with skin on to step into our world, to comfort us, to encourage us, to bear our burdens together. But at the same time, listen, listen, we don't just need to be selfish and receive it. Guess what we need to do? We need to be that as well. And then the last thing is living in community reminds us that he is with us. Jesus says this to the disciples in John 17. It's the very last kind of conversation that he's having with his disciples before he's crucified. And he says, as he's praying, he says, Father, I am in them and you in me so they may be brought to complete unity. Father, I'm in them and you are in me. So there's complete unity between them. It says, then the world will know that you sent me and have loved me, even love them, even as you have loved me. That, that when we're in community, we are in complete unity and that we know that he is with us. I think of it like this. Like you guys remember the game Red Rover? Red Rover, Red Rover, send Stephen right over. I never wanted to be sent right over. Because I knew I wasn't strong enough to break through the line, and I was going to get clotheslined, and my my Adam's apple was going to get shoved back into my throat, right? But I always wanted to be next to the biggest dude because he had the tightest grip, and I knew nobody was breaking through that line, breaking through. Like, you're just not getting through. I'm clotheslining them. Like, there would be times, right? You see them coming. You guys moved your hands forward just a little bit, right? Absolutely right. It's like, it's like you're going down. You're not going to make it, right? That's what you do. But when we're in unity and in community, it's like that. Who do we have that we can lock hands to that's got a tight grip that no matter who's running at us, they're not running through us? Because it's not just my strength and his strength, but because the spirit of God is within me and the spirit of God is within them, then the spirit of God is in us. And a cord of three strands is not easily broken. It's complete unity. Paul writes this, this to the Philippians in chapter two. Um, and this is kind of where we're gonna land. It says, is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ is there any comfort from his love, any fellowship together in spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? So, so he's saying, look, are you receiving benefits from being in relationship with Christ? Is there is there compassion? Is there grace? Is there encouragement? Is there fellowship together in the spirit? Um, are your hearts tender? Are you receiving all of these benefits from being in Christ? And he says, if it is, then make me truly happy. He says, look, if you're experiencing that, then here's what I want you to do by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and one purpose. Verse three says, don't be what? Selfish. Don't try to impress others. Instead, be humble thinking of others as yourself. Don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. Verse five says this. It says, have the same attitude as Christ." same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equally of God with God as something to cling on to. Though he was equal, he didn't think equality with God was something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave, slave and was born a human being. What Paul is saying is, look, he left his world and came into our world the attitude of Christ is sometimes leaving our world and becoming love with skin on and entering someone else's world. Having the attitude of Christ is is allowing someone else to leave their world and enter our world as love with skin on. And, And I get to thinking about this and I'm I wonder, and I don't know everyone's relationships and, and who's in your world and, and what you're going through. One of the things that I, that I love about a small church, but can also be kind of scary is that, that I know your business a little bit more than I want to, and maybe a little bit more than you want to. When I was pastoring at a church of 1500, it's hard to know who's coming through the door, a little, little, little on, like what everyone's going through. But I think it's important when it comes to the body of Christ that we know the burdens that each other is carrying. Because being lonely is the pain of not being fully known and loved. And, and just thinking about like, like do we have two or three people that we can have real authentic relationships with, that can refine us, refresh us, that that we can be completely open with and transparent with without the fear of being rejected It's heavy. like like do we have that do we have that do you have that do I have that and I think about it look I am not um, I'm not against therapists at all I've been to counselors when my dad died and I had a newborn and there was a year of my life that that honestly is just like it's blacked out it's like the whole first year of Amelia's life because of the passing of my dad, the stress of the ministry and a new baby. And it wasn't like my first new baby. It was my third baby trying to figure all that out. And, and like, I, I was lost, not from God, but I was, I was lost for that season. And I went to counseling and I've been to counseling, even planning a church. But, but here's what I found out is like a lot of times when I'd go and sit is I'm paying someone to listen what I wish I could tell someone else and counselors are great for going deeper and they are trained to go deeper in certain things but I think so many of us is we are afraid to allow people into our world to be loved with skin on to be able to share And and I, I wonder if the condition of our culture's mental health would be a little bit better if we had that one or two people that we could just sit down with and just be completely transparent with and allow God to be with us. Trust the spirit of God that's in them, that's in us, revealing what's in us to them and vice versa. Are you guys tracking with me? And I know that's that's like even me saying this. I'm trying to think, Stephen, you're preaching this, and I've got one person that I feel like I can just share anything with, but he lives like seven hours away. But I know whenever I am finally just like reveal, I'm just like, oh, that feels so much better. So that when I do get to the times like I really need a professional, I need somebody trained that I've already taken care of all of this this stuff that's compiled on top of the really serious stuff. Does that make sense? Like we've already done like the beginning work and I want us in this season. And and, and for you, what if just to think about this question, what if we gave someone permission to step into our world, the parts that we don't want them to see someone who could be loved with skin on them? How would our lives be different? But on the flip side, What if, knowing what we know about people that we love and we care about, we stepped into their world, having the same attitude of Christ, stepped into their world as love with skin on it unconditionally and just listened and just listened and just listened and just listened and and then prayed and allow the Holy Spirit to fill in the gaps because here's what I know is is when when I help someone else who's, who's feeling lonely, when I help someone else not feel lonely, it winds up being a remedy for my loneliness because as I'm there with them, God is with us. And so here's what I know is that God is with me when I'm with you. God is with you when you're with the one or two people that, that that he's placed in your life to be completely open and transparent with. I know some of you like looking back at me, you're like, I ain't got that. And I'm really taking the dream and sharing this message, Stephen. I know it stinks. And that's, that's because we're missing all these shallow shared experiences that are the open door to deeper experiences. We actually had one first service. You guys missed it. We, we, we shared communion together as a church some of you may heard heard it coming in um i didn't i didn't test the communion i've ordered it for 2 years the exact same order reorder 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 i i i take the bread it's fine i take the juice like oh that's that's bitter oh, that's that's really old and as it goes down it burns tremendously it wasn't grape juice we took real communion first service, guys. That was a shared experience. And my eight-year-old was like, Dad, why does it burn? I'll explain. I'll explain later. I'll explain later. And so all the teenagers over here and parents, I'm sorry. You know, at least they had their first drink in church. I don't know what to say. Right? But, but we need these shared. We laugh. Listen, listen, listen. I want you to laugh. We need these shared experiences to begin to break down the walls to get to the deeper conversation so God can be with us right And it's, 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 it's my hope that you find that here at Avenue Church with one or two people small groups will be starting back up in January get in a small group, small group, small group it takes time it doesn't happen overnight because for decades now we've been isolating ourselves in small ways. And so I want to pray for us as we end 2022 together and go into 2023 on January 1st, that, that God would open our hearts to allow God not to just to be with me and to be with you separate, but we would allow God to be with us and allow his presence. Just So I want to pray for us. Can we bow our head and close our eyes? And, and if that's you, I want to pray specifically for you. If you're just like, Stephen, I don't, I don't have that. And we sing about it as like he really taught us how to love one another. And if that's you and you're like, I don't have anyone that can step into my world, refine me and refresh me and remind me that God's with me. If that's you, it's a hard season. It's a hard thing to even admit. But I want to pray for you that God would either reveal the person that's already in your life Or send that right person. So with every head bowed and no one looking around, I just, I want to pray for you. If that's you, would you just lift your hand? It's like, I need love with skin on it. I need love with skin on it. God, to send someone to reveal that I can just be completely open and transparent with. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And then church, we need to be that for those around us. So Father, I just come to you this morning and I thank you for your presence. I thank you for your word. I thank you that you came to be with us, that you robed yourself in flesh, took, took the form of our weakness to step into our world to be our strength. And God, you saw the hands that were raised that are feeling lonely and they know that you are there. God, I trust they know that you are there. Your word says that you will never leave us or forsake us. Your word says that you are close to those who are crushed in spirit and near to those that are broken hearted. But God, I pray just for us to have those individuals around us, God, for them to have love with skin on it right in front of them that can refine, God, that can ask the questions, that can challenge, that can direct, that can support, that can help bear their burdens, God, that you reveal those people that are already there that maybe we've been afraid to let in. But God, if they're not there, I pray they are on their way. And for the rest of us, God, I pray that you would open our eyes. God, give us boldness just to step in and say, I'm here and I love you. Let's walk this together. Trust me that God is with us. So, Father, we just thank you for your word. We Thank you for your spirit.